Welcome to Next Question, a podcast by White's Chapel. This is a podcast created by you, for you. You submit a question, and pastors and church staff do our best to answer them. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to Next Question. Uh, our guest today is Anne-Marie Berg. Say what up. What's up? Thanks for having me. Uh, tell, tell the people what you do. Tell the people what you do here at the church. All right. My name is Anne-Marie Berg, and I am our director of college and young adult ministries what here what? at White's Chapel. It is an excellent time. And if you're a young person or young at heart, feel free to check us out. Okay. I like that. It, uh, so I used to do young adults, and Anne-Marie uh, has taken it to new heights. So New something. That's new. for sure. <laughs> uh, so... I, we said this last episode, but just so y'all know, Amory has no idea what questions are coming. Uh, I don't know the questions we have in front of us. You can kind of hear it. Uh, we've got a bowl full of questions, and we're just going to do our best to answer them. What a nerve-wracking and lovely experience this is. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, so are you ready for your next question? Okay. I really feel like this is a really important moment to me where I get to say, next question. Okay. okay. There we go. All right. So first up, uh, okay, what's a Netflix show that you see God in? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, my goodness. There's too many. Is that a bad answer? No, that's a, that's a good answer. You know, I think that's just part of holiness is the more you grow and step with God, the more you see God everywhere. Okay, love that. So I'm going to say, just as a, a crowd favorite, perhaps, Gilmore Girls. Okay, yeah. You know, there's a lot of family relationships there, there and a lot of people taking you in as if you were family. <laughs> there's a lot of Gilmore Girl love at this church. Uh, I had watched it like a little bit when I was growing up with my sister, and then- the person that actually got me back into it was John McKellar. That's amazing. <laughs> he was like, you have to watch it. It's so good. Something about the idea of John McKellar sitting back on a Friday night watching Gilmore Girls. It just, <laughs> it does something really good for just my heart. Just drinking a coffee. Yeah. Just, yeah. I, yeah. I, That's a pastor I'm, right I'm there. a big fan. That's a good answer. That is a, a very good answer. Uh, okay. Next question. Well, did you have one that, you know, stood out to you? Oh, I mean, Gilmore Girls, Girls is a good answer. Um, what? I don't think this is on Netflix, but Ted Lasso is very wholesome. Oh, that's so good. It's a really wholesome show. Um, I like, I like Parks and Recreation. That's a great show. Also good. I, I like, and I, I don't know. For me, I I see God in any show where there's like, like you said, like relationships. You know. Um, people who love each other or people who support each other through hard things. Like I, I see the church in that, you know? So, um, but Ted Lasso is just so wholesome. So good. Yeah. I, and I'm the kind of person that really likes uplifting shows. Like I can't watch murder documentaries and stuff like that. Oh yeah. That's not my vibe either. Yeah. Like my wife can watch like the, the, you know, scary, dark stuff and be totally unaffected, but I just carry it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like that? Oh, yeah. I, I need that extra dose of like, everything is going to be all right yes. from like the media that I consume. Same. Same. Uh, okay. Next question. What's your favorite Bible story? My favorite Bible story That's kind of a hard one. ever? Yeah. Sam, there's a lot of stories in the I Bible. I know. I know. That's a hard one. And like, there's such a wide range of kinds of stories. Gosh, I mean, okay, don't like hold me to this like even 30 minutes from now. But the one that I like is just like coming to my brain is uh, the story of Ruth and Naomi. Okay. And so for you, those of you who maybe don't know the story. Let them know. uh, 
Ruth has married into this family um, where her her mother-in-law's name is Naomi, and they go through this really terrible experience where they lose all the male members in their family to to sickness and to death. And so it's this group of three women, I'm a mother-in-law and her two daughter-in-laws, and they're going back to the mother-in-law's homeland. This is not the place where Ruth and her sister-in-law come from. Um, and so the mother-in-law tries to like send them back and say, okay, like go, go start a new life. You know, I don't have anything for you anymore. You know, we can separate and find a new journey basically. And so the other sister-in-law, you know, goes away and, and starts a new, a new place to live. And uh, Ruth says, no, I'm not trying to leave you. Like you are my family. Wherever you go, I'm going. And that, wherever you stay, I stay. That's I have that scripture inscribed on the inside of my wedding ring. That's amazing. Where you go, I'll go. Where that's, you stay, yeah. I'll stay. Yeah. And that's what Leighton and I had read at our at our wedding. As oh, well. really? And I had to memorize it in Hebrew in uh, for seminary. So Did you really? Mm-hmm. Don't can ask. You, no. Can you please please say it in Absolutely Hebrew? Absolutely not. You can butcher it. No one will know. No. Nope. <laughs> this is like your buzzer moment. Next. This question is my moment. next question. I could write it, but let's not. Let's not. Even Can you try. speak? Can you speak it though? When you learn Hebrew, it's really more about writing it. Okay. Like than it is about. So who did you have? Uh, Amory and I both went to the same uh, place for seminary. We went to Perkins School of Theology at SMU. Who did you have for Hebrew? Jack Levison. Jack Levison. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never. I never took him. He is fiery. Just really? a powerful teacher, but he will demand a lot of you. Does like he memorizing speak? Ruth. Oh, yeah. He Does he speak it in class? Yes. He does? And like, but that's kind of like the punishment in class. It's like, oh, you don't know what we're doing? Well, then recite this Hebrew line and everyone kind of <laughs>, laughs at you. So it's like bringing back bad memories right now. If he, okay. So with what, because how many semesters did you take of Hebrew? Just two. Just two? Okay. So if he got up and like said something in Hebrew based on those two semesters, do you feel like you could understand him or could you only read it? I feel like I could definitely parse it out reading it and I could have like a 40% chance of understanding it if he said That's it. That's pretty good because my percent chance is zero. Like I well, would have, because I didn't take languages. Um, I mean, I like we learned some language stuff in some of my classes, but I didn't like take language classes. Yeah. It's not required anymore. It's not required. I really just took it because I'm a masochist apparently, but you really are. Cause you didn't have to. No, I just thought it'd be so interesting. You know, I don't know a lot about the old Testament. And so it's like, we obviously don't live in that culture. Yeah. I feel like it'd be cool to get into the language. I think I would have done Greek over Hebrew mm-hmm. though. Um, just because I don't know. Jesus. Yeah. Just because I would like, it would feel pretty dope to, be able to go through the gospels. Right. But I mean, you know, Todd's a big Hebrew guy mm-hmm. and, and pastor John Reeves, who will be on next question, uh, eventually, uh, he's, he's a Greek scholar. I always feel kind of inadequate. I don't, I don't know languages like the For rest of you. our uh, listeners at home. The old Testament was originally written in Hebrew and the yes. new Testament was originally written in Greek. Yes. And if you have Hebrew questions, go to pastor Todd. Go to Todd for <laughs> sure. Definitely go to Todd. Uh, okay. That was good. Did you, okay. Well, what's, what's your favorite Bible story, Sam? There's quite a few out there. Okay. I, this is just what I taught like the last couple of days. Cause right now it's been a uh, classic adult VBS and I told them this, but it's true. My, my favorite, at least old Testament story is Jonah, the whole book. So good. I've always loved Jonah. It's my favorite book in the old Testament. Um, and I was, I was just telling one of our classic adult classes this when I was going through it. It's one of those books that we've kind of 
I don't want to say dismissed, but we've kind of said, oh, that's for kids. You right. know, that it's the story of Jonah getting swallowed by a, a you know, a big fish and then he's coughed up and he does what God tells him to do. But isn't that so silly? Yeah, exactly. But it's actually, in my opinion, one of the deepest, uh, most profound, like short books we have in the Bible. And it really, it's so short. I mean, you can read the whole thing in 15 minutes, 10 minutes. If yeah. you sit down right now, you could read all of Jonah in 10 or 15 minutes, but, um, man, it has so much to say to the modern world because really the whole book of Jonah um, is like a mirror and it just shows us like parts of ourselves that we don't like. I love Because Jonah's not a good, good person. Yeah. yeah, like we've kind of uh, acted like Jonah's this, you know, this great prophet who went through this crazy experience, but really he's a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he he runs uh, to the ends of the earth to get away from from God's call to go to Nineveh. And he literally runs the ends of the earth because at the time, Tarshish, where he was headed to, was as far as they knew the world went. Oh, my God. So he's trying to literally run to the ends of the earth, get swallowed you know, by a fish because there's this great storm. And then he goes and in Hebrew, preaches a five-word sermon. In English, it's, it's eight words, but in Hebrew, it's five words. And it's 40 days more uh, and Nineveh will be overthrown. So he, he walks up and he says, uh, y'all are going to die in like 40 days, so... Like that's Powerful his great, sermon. yeah, that's his great prophetic <laughs> sermon to save 120,000 people. Right. And then he's so mad that God, he says, I'm so upset that you're a gracious, kind, slow to anger God that I wish I could just die. Like, and that's basically how the book ends. God says, is it right for you to be angry? Right. And we don't get Jonah's response. And so I just love it. Like every time I, I read through it, I always find something new. Um. So yeah, that's, that's Jonah's, Jonah's my jam, dude. That's so good. Yeah. All those Uh, little details are so good. Are you ready for your... Next question, I uh, guess. See? uh, Don't you love the bit? Um, (laughs) Okay, this is a... This has been submitted to us. Uh, We still only have a few that have been submitted so far, so please send your questions in to questions at whiteschapelumc.com. But this is one we received. Are boneless wings just chicken nuggets? (laughs) Are boneless wings... Just chicken nuggets. It's an existential question. It's like, it's really making me question a lot about like myself and like how I define who I am as a person. <laughs> um, this is really cutting, cutting deep for yeah. me. And I'm going to say, really I have an answer. One. Here's the thing. I have an answer okay. for this, Sam. Uh, feel free to disagree with me. This is what I tell my Bible studies. Feel free to disagree with me. Okay. You don't have to uh, believe what I believe, but I'm going to believe this. Um, here's the difference between chicken nuggets and... And boneless wings. So your answer is no. They're not the same. Okay. And it comes down to the sauce. Okay? okay. When you order chicken nuggets, do they come pre-ketchuped or pre-sauced? That would be disgusting. No, they don't. You would be like, what that, is this sludge? That Send grosses it back. me out to imagine but chicken nuggets just already sauced and ketchup. What but. are boneless wings, if not nuggets, that are pre-sauced? And so I say they are different in the proof in the pudding is, is the sauce. Okay, so it, it's all predicated on the fact that they're already dressed. Exactly. Mm. So like if you ha- if you ordered like I can agree with that. boneless wings with no sauce, that my friend, that's a chicken. It's nugget. a chicken. So okay, mm-hmm. so th- that's that's that's, that's my a good take. point. So like if 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 it came with a barbecue sauce or the wing sauce or whatever on the side, you the, would say yes. you ordered chicken nuggets with a dipping sauce. Absolutely. You just wanted but to like mo- look cool on wing wings. Okay, so Absolutely. let's say I order that. Okay, I order that. I, mm-hmm. I've I've got these boneless wings, or as you would say, chicken nuggets, and the sauce on the side. And then let's say I take myself 
the sauce and pour them over. Pour over the whole thing? Yes, I poured it over the whole thing. What is it now? Did they just go from chicken nuggets into boneless wings? You know, you're really cutting to what is the power that an individual has, <laughs> you know, because well, I this... would say you are given something and you made it into something else. Like you were given chicken nuggets, but you made boneless wings, you know? This this got surprisingly deep. Right? <laughs> I didn't mean for it to. Listeners, feel free to have a different opinion, but uh, I think I'm yeah, going to stand know. my ground on this one. Let us know. Yeah, I, I can agree sauced, with that. It's a boneless wing. I can agree with that. Um, and I'm definitely not just saying that because I like to I order have, boneless wings. I have probably been more on the side of like, boneless wings aren't wings because wings have bones. But can you imagine ordering like chicken nuggets? I don't even know. At like Chick-fil-A and they come like with a sauce already dumped on them. Yeah, that would bother me. Yeah, it's not the same thing. But I guess I would, I don't know. I, they feel similar because it's like, I feel like the only re- reason they're called boneless wings is to protect people's pride. Because you go to like Buffalo <laughs> right. Wild Wings or something and nobody wants to be like, you know, this guy got atomic wings. This guy got blazing hot. I'll take, I'll take the chicken nuggies. Right. Like, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. So, but, it, but you feel a little better if you're like, I'll take the, I'll just take the boneless. But you can get like the, you know. The cool part of that is the sauce that are, you get, right? Are the boneless hot wings sauce. wing meat? Now that's a question. Okay, I, I don't think know that the answer to. I think that might matter too. If it's wing meat, it like, is not. I just okay, it up. our producer says it is not wing no. meat. It is breast meat that is formed. Okay, it's chicken breast, breast meat that. Yeah, so that's chicken nuggets. Yeah, that's chicken nuggets. Then. I'm gonna say I'm gonna stand with what I said previously. <laughs> Feel free to fight me. You know where I'm at. Come to Young Adults. <laughs> Okay, that's good. Next question. Thank you, listener. Uh, Thank you for sending in that question. I love that. That's that's one of my favorites we've gotten so far. Uh, Okay, this is an interesting one. If you could add a book to the Bible, what would it be? So I don't know whether this means like an apocryphal book. You know what I mean? Okay, I actually I do have an answer to this. Do you? Okay. Okay. So when I a few jobs ago. Um, I was teaching for a youth group and we had like a small group and I led senior girls. So these are 12th graders. And we were talking about like God's interaction with people in scripture and like how it's changed so much and like how it doesn't really feel like God interacts with us now because we can like look, you know, to the gospels, like where Jesus is like walking around and talking to people or like the Old Testament where they like see like the voice of God, you know, tell people what to do. And, um, my 12th graders were like really, I don't know, I guess kind of discouraged being like, well, you know, we don't really get to do any of that anymore. Yeah. Like, I guess we're not really part of God's story in the same felt way. Like separated from it. Right. Yeah. Um, and that couldn't be further from the truth, mm-hmm. right? Like now we have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us and we have this like intimate relationship with God where, you know, we can do anything that we do with God's presence with us. Right. And so I feel like if we wanted to add a book to the Bible, which... I would not do, but if I had to, I would, would, you know, (laughs) the Bible's good as it is, obviously. Um, But like a story of people journeying with God now. Mm. And and isn't that what sermons are? Yeah. Is you take, you know, what we see in scripture and you hold it up to our current moment. Yeah. And you say the God that was working then is working now. Let's continue that work. Yeah. Right. That's good. What do you think, Sam? Add a book to the Bible, bro. I know. It feels it feels heretical. I know it does. It feels heretical. But My hands are kind of sweaty answering <laughs> that question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I love that. Yeah, I love something that maybe we can, you know, grasp a little. Although this isn't that spicy of a question because, I mean, there have been 
great Christian leaders. Martin Luther wanted to remove books from the Bible. A lot of them yes, have. Yes, yeah. several. James, which was one of my favorite books. Revelation, mm-hmm. like, which is a great book. Um, so I don't know. If I could add one, um, I think I would want maybe a letter to like the church in America. Oh, that's good. Um, which Martin Luther King Jr. actually wrote one, and he has a book called Strength to Love. And one of his chapters, he pretends to be the Apostle Paul. Uh, I, I don't know if I would add his his letter from that book, but I just love the concept of it. Like he plays the role, Martin Luther King plays the role of the Apostle Paul writing to the church in America yeah. in the, you know, uh, during the civil rights movement. And he brings in, a, I mean, a lot of the themes that we see in like First Corinthians and, you know, uh, in First Corinthians, there's a lot of conversation about a church that is bickering over everything, mm-hmm. a church that just can't seem to get out of their own way. We don't and, know anything about that. Yeah, we that. don't know anything about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, but I, I just, you know, the way he addresses some of the, the issues he was facing, the way that it mirrors situations that were, you know, 2,000 years ago that, yeah. that the earliest disciples were facing, Um I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I love what's behind that too. Is that mm-hmm. like God still has a word to speak to the church today? I know. You know, that would be like a cool exercise to do in a Bible study. Yeah, it would. Write your letter to the church that you know, if you were writing a, if you knew like, because it's like I don't know if Paul knew that his letters were going to be considered scripture. Right. You know, I mean, he was writing to these churches, and he was actual letters. Yeah, letters saying, "Do this. Don't do this. Why are you bickering over this?" You know. Why are you constantly squabbling about who's the greatest pastor? And right. is it Apollos? Is it Paul? Is it, you know, whatever? Um, I wonder, you know, w- what would I write if I knew, like, okay, people are going to read this later on and it's going to be really significant to them. Um, I think I'd take it really, really seriously. So consider that as a spiritual exercise. I know. That's kind of, yeah, that'd be kind of fun to do. Um, okay. Next question. Next question. Let's go. Okay, let's see. Uh, Okay, that is the exact same one we just did, I guess. Okay, who first introduced you to faith? Oh, my gosh. Who first introduced me to faith? So I feel like very similarly to many of the folks listening, perhaps, I grew up in the church. Okay. So, What's your home church? My home church is Wellspring United Methodist in Georgetown, Texas. Okay. Uh, that's what I claim is my home church, but I grew up Methodist, so I've been to a lot of different Methodist churches in my life. Um, and so, like, you know, I was in one of those families that were Christian and, like, grew up, you know, hearing stories of the Bible, going to VBS, doing all of those, like, really good things. But I do think there is sometimes, like, a moment where you kind of— process that this this is not just like really fun stories that we tell and like crafts that we do together like this yeah. is this is real this yeah. has like a real impact on my life and it was a moment actually at VBS where uh like we were and my little group was all together and uh, so how old were you seven maybe okay. seven or eight and um you know like leading us in prayer and I had this kind of like a side moment just like you know with my seven-year-old self being like this, this is true. Like I'm actually talking to God right now, you know? And that's like awesome. looking back on it, it's just like, that's so sweet, you know, yeah. that I experienced that. But like, I think, I think it was the culmination of so many different people, you know, 
offering me what would become the most important gift of my life. Yeah. Um, and it takes all those people, I think, to reach moments like that. Uh-huh. That's great. That's really good. I love VBS, that. VBS, y'all. Don't underestimate the power of it. I love that. Yeah, my, my, my wife uh, would be very happy to hear you say that. <laughs> so true. And Hannah's a queen. She does it better than most. Okay. You ready for the next one? I think so. Okay. This is not a challenge. You don't have to do this. Great. Can you list all 66 books of the Bible in order? Uh, I, I, can, I, I don't think I could. Uh, I don't think I could. I mean, do you want me to? Can you? I mean, probably. Let it rip. Okay. Right now. Let's see. I'm going to be embarrassed if I don't get it, though. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, you got them all. Oh, why do I feel like stressed? See, right I now? think I would have got lost in the old, in the uh, minor prophets. But okay, can you do New Testament? Let's try. This was not planned. This is I, not I, planned. This, yeah, this was. Uh, I, I just randomly pulled this question. I, this, okay, I'm we'll impressed. See. Uh, Give me the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Oh, I don't you know. Want, you want an assist? Yes. Colossians. Colossians. Okay. And I have to go back. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. First, I don't know. I need an assist. First and second Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. So now you're in second, the second Thessalonians. Titus. Yeah. See, the T's are easy uh, to remember. Philemon. Yes. Uh, Hebrews, James. First Peter, Second Peter, First yep. John, Second John, Third John, Jude, Revelation. Yo, ding, 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 ding. All right, that was good. I went to Baylor for undergrad, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> That's good. That was really good. Yeah, I did. Uh, I think I would have gotten lost around. I got in my head there on the New Testament a little I, bit. I think I would have gotten lost somewhere in the somewhere in the Minor Prophets there. You know, there's a lot of them, and they have funky names. I know. I think. I think. If I think if you. If I like, I could list all sixty six, but it, not in, in order. I, yeah, I don't. I think I, I I'd struggle with the order. You know, um, I think there's probably. I don't know if stuff. this is going to come out and people are going to be like, "We need a new pastor. Our pastor should know how, how to do." What you Amber know, just I did. would say I teach a lot of people about the contents, you know, table at the front <laughs> of the Bible, and yeah, uh, that's good. As long as you get there and you're reading it, I feel like it's all probably all right. Uh, okay, next question because you just crushed that. That was a that was like the most stressful moment of my day. <laughs> That was good though. That was uh, that was impressive. Okay. Once uh, again, VBS. That's ne- my plug. Next question. We're gonna go from the bottom of the bowl. Don't want these guys uh, to get lost. Okay. If you had to be in another line of work, what would you be in? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I feel like this is one of the things that people talk about a lot in seminary. Yeah, because you, your your call to ministry was you got it pretty young. Yeah. You've told me that before. Yes. So I feel it called to ministry at twelve. So I didn't make a lot of other uh, contingency plans. I pretty much knew. And so, did have you ever had a moment where you were like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to be a pastor." Like since twelve. I mean, the short answer is yes. The long answer is not for long enough to do something about yeah, it. It was okay. always like a, "Oh, this is going to be hard," or like, "Oh, I, I don't feel like I can do this. Like, I don't feel like I'm capable." Yeah. And so I think the closest I ever got to being like, "No, I'm not going to do this," is I tried to be a uh, music major. 
in college. Which, by the way, Emery has a killer singing voice. Thank you for that. Uh, You've probably seen her lead worship up here at the church a couple of times. Once or twice. But she didn't tell anybody. And so just that like. That is not what I was hired for. Yeah. <laughs> and so like one day she's like, I mean, I can sing if you need. Well, you know, you I'm happy like, to be rolling okay, up with that, that B team. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so I tried to be a music major for okay. college. And so I got in at a bunch of schools. Can you play an instrument? Uh, I can play piano poorly. My husband is an amazing piano player. Really? Yes. And so I, I never that. have to play piano again because I married an accompanist. Um, and so I, I tried to be a music major in college and uh, I got into the school that I wanted. I got into SMU. I was going to go and be a, like a voice major there. And that was like when I had my my kind of last big, no, you can't do that. You're going to go to Baylor and you're going to major in religion, mm. you know? And so that was my last kind of like, I'm going to try and do something different. And God was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> What about you? What would you do, Sam, if you couldn't uh, be a pastor? I don't know. That's, um, I mean, my degree is pre-law. Uh, Super fun. So probably maybe law. I, I, I like to think that I could um, take the LSAT and get in somewhere, maybe. And uh, I, at one time I, was, I would have like really liked to do, I don't know, some sort of civil rights law or something, it's really hard to get into that. Right. But um, that would have been something I would have enjoyed. I also thought about being an English teacher for a time. Okay. I was, I had a really wonderful 11th grade English teacher who made a big impact on me. And so I've, I had thought at one time, like, okay, I would love to be that for somebody else, you know? Yeah. Um, she made me like fall in love with reading and writing and um, critical thinking and, uh Anyway, AP language was my my jam. Is that it, is an unpopular opinion, I but I do it love that for you, dude. That's jam. good. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably one of those. Probably I feel like there those. are a lot of similarities though between teaching and you know pastoring. It's a lot of relationships and a lot of. Yeah. I mean, right? We teach the Bible. We mm-hmm. teach yeah theology. And and honestly, I mean, I think there are a lot of people who go from the the legal field into ministry too. Yes. I mean that uh, Pastor Gene Bryson who was one of our pastors for a time here at White's Chapel, was a former assistant district attorney in Shreveport. Wow. Uh, at my grandfather was a, a, a lawyer and a, a judge, actually, before he got a call to ministry and went to Perkins. That's wild. So I, there's there's several of those. I did meet a lot of, like, former lawyers in seminary, yeah. too. That's there, wild. I, yeah, I don't know why, necessarily. Maybe there's, like, I don't know, something in that of I want to seek justice, I want to you know, better the world. But I, I think a lot of jobs do that. I think so too. Um, but yeah. Okay. You ready for your next question? Let's do it. Next question. Okay. If White's Chapel had to have a different mascot, which listen, we love you, Wes, Wesley. Other than it? Wesley? Other than Wesley. Well, okay. And I, I I don't think it's like a different name, but like a different animal. Okay. We, and we love okay. Wesley the Bulldog. No. And we will forever be a church that is... You know, Wesley the Bulldog. Absolutely. But if you had to pick another animal, another mascot, what would you pick? Man, I almost don't even want to answer this question because I'm kind of like, I actually want to see more of Wesley. <laughs> like, I want to, <laughs> I want to, you know, use him as our mascot more often. Uh, but maybe if I had to choose, what's an animal that like reflects who we are as a church? That's such a good question. I mean, I guess we can't choose dog. Because we already have Wesley. Unless you have like another type of dog. Just, Wesley's know, so like universally a, beloved. Yeah. Wesley's an English bulldog, right? Is that right? Yes. 
He's cute. I know that. So you could do another breed, I guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you answer this one first, Sam. What do you think? <sighs> You've been know. around White's Chapel longer than I have. I have a bad answer. Uh oh. <laughs> Not bad, but like the the first thing that comes to my mind is a dragon. <laughs> Just because, <laughs> because everything Southlake. else in Southlake is dragons. I don't know and why. so we might as well just jump on the train. You know, I you know? see a lot of geckos around White's Chapel. <laughs> the <laughs> so, White Chapel geckos. So we could just like, you know, use that because we have a few. We could hire the Easter donkey. The Easter donkey. <laughs> Our producer Andrew suggested uh, the Easter donkey, and I think that that's... I think that's a solid plan. I mean, actually, we do we do use him once a year. He's around. We yeah. might as well at a pivotal moment. I, I know. mean, or on twice Sunday. a year maybe because he may come around for the Christmas festival too. So I'm not against donkey. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Amen. Amen. Well, we've solved it. <laughs> Next question, I guess. <laughs> Next Except question. Wesley, please stay forever. We love you yes, so much. Yes, we love you, Wes. Uh, would you ever want to be a bishop? Would I ever want to be a bishop? Um. I'm just going to answer this straight out the gate. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good answer. If you're not familiar with, uh, you know, the United Methodist tradition, we are an Episcopal church, meaning that we have an Episcopal leader called a bishop. The bishop right. has district superintendents who are kind of uh, the ones who oversee all of the local pastors. And so it goes local pastor, me, Emery, all of our pastors here, a district superintendent. So in, in our case, we're in the East District. Uh, and then the district superintendent is right below the bishop, and we have one bishop in each conference. Right. Our conference is the Central Texas Conference. But it's a it's a hard job. It's a hard job, and it's one of those that's like any, like, you know, the, the more leadership and, and power that you have, the more difficult your decisions get. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think it's hard to be in ministry when you're removed from the people that you get to serve. Like, that's the best part of our jobs. I know. You know, and I think, I don't know if I'm, if I'm good enough for that. that. It'd yeah. Be hard to, yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I do think that would be hard. It'd be hard to, it feels like as a bishop, so much of your job is just dealing with the messy situations that pop up. Right. The situations that make their way to a bishop's desk are typically not always the Fun. best ones. Yeah, yeah. It's usually even the ones that aren't necessarily bad are difficult. You right. know, like that's why they've made it there. Um so I think that that would be hard, you mm-hmm. know. I there are so many moments when I get to teach a class or you know, even like I said, it's CAF VBS has been the last few days. I don't know when this episode will come out, but we had our classic adult VBS. We've had all these, you know, uh wonderful people on campus and uh, just getting to hang with them and teach them like that has filled my cup this week. Right. And you don't get to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's good work and it's holy work to be a bishop, but I also hope it's work I don't have to do. Yeah. All right. You ready for your next question? Okay. Next question. Uh, who has been the most impactful theologian that you learned about in seminary or most impactful theologian that uh, has just impacted your life and ministry? Gosh. Most... And I would say no, no, uh, you can't say like the Apostle Paul or Jesus right, or right. like no no Bible answers. Okay. So somebody more modern, but it could be as, you know, it could still be an ancient person, but. I mean, okay, so I guess I have two answers and one of them is more seminary. One of them is more not. Okay. Um, and so the one that is more seminary is uh, Bart, I think is my favorite okay. theologian. Um, so 
when you go to seminary at Perkins, you have to write a 30-page paper about your beliefs. We call it a credo. Credo. Yeah. And you have a theme and you tie all of the different facets of your theology into this theme. And doesn't that sound like so much fun? Aren't you so jealous? Uh, and so my theme was covenant relationship, right? And Bart speaks like so eloquently about how God decides to be a God for us and we mold ourselves into a people for God. And I just think that that relationship, I mean, obviously it's central to my life and to the lives of Christians. And I think that's the way that he talked about it really pulled at my heartstrings and like keeps me going whenever the, the moments are tough. You okay. Know? That's good. That's that's not probably my favorite one. Okay. You said Carl Barton. Did you say you had another one? Okay. My other favorite one, this is just a book plug. Um, there's a book called Tokens of Trust written by Rowan Williams, who was once the Archbishop of Canterbury. And um, Okay. He just writes like it's like the most like more recently the Archbishop of Canterbury. Not like he's not the presently the Archbishop. Yeah, but, but like in the last. Yes, yeah. yes. And um, he writes like just like this like really simple book and like really simple language about like what compels him to trust in God, and it's just like the most beautiful simple answers the kind you could give to kids. That's cool. and it's so good. Okay, it's, tell me his name again. Rowan Williams. Rowan Williams. Okay, I, I've never heard of him. Who's uh who's your favorite Sam? Ugh. Uh I would say most impactful would probably be Aquinas. Nice. Thomas Aquinas. Uh or, and then after that Bonhoeffer. Oh, awesome. So good. Aquinas was really important to me when I was when I was uh, a freshman in college, I kind of had a little bit of a faith crisis where I was like, wait, what do I believe? What do I actually believe? Not right. I mean, I I've been I'm born and raised in the United Methodist Church. I've, Given I've been, faith. Yeah, I've uh, been around it a long time. And I got to college and I kind of thought, do I actually really believe this for me or do I just kind of play the role that I was supposed to play? And I had a wonderful professor named Dr. Benny Reynolds uh, at Millsaps College, which is where I went my freshman year. It's a little liberal arts school in Mississippi. Anyway, and... I kind of got to the point where I thought I was like too smart, you know, yes. like, I'm too smart for this faith stuff. It's and, a beautiful stage. Uh-huh. And uh, Dr. Reynolds was like, I want you to read these three things. And if you're still too smart, like I won't, I won't make you read anything else. Right. And I was like, no problem. <laughs> I so love I, that confidence. <laughs> I went off and I read Anselm and I read Aquinas and like their proofs for God and, and some of this, this stuff. And it was really impactful for me. I read Summa Theologica and some of these things. Anyways. Um, That's awesome. It just kind of, and it like lit this fire in me. And it had always been there. I was just kind of going through a phase. Right. But it it relit or reignited something that made me go, oh, I, I like this. I, yeah. like, I need this. This I believe this. Kind of like you said, when you, know, you were seven, I was 17 or right. <laughs> nine, 18. Right. Uh, but it took that for me. So Aquinas and then Bonhoeffer is the other one that I just love. I, uh, on an old podcast that I did former days, I, I covered Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who, uh, if you're not familiar with him, I highly encourage you to go look him up, learn more about him. He uh, was a uh, German pastor and theologian who worked to overthrow Hitler. Uh, he was ended up uh, dying at the hands of the Nazi regime. Wow. But he was just so brave and so Christ-like. And some of his theology, uh, I feel like, is so deeply Methodist, even yeah. though he wasn't Methodist. 
uh, cause it's all about grace and, but it's like cheap grace versus costly grace. And, you know, he really was all about don't, don't cheapen grace. And so that was really impactful for me. So yeah, those are, those are my, those are my faves. I love that. Um, do you have time for one more? Okay, let's do it. Let's close it out. Let's next question. Okay. We'll do a, we'll do a fan submitted one. Uh, okay. What do you like to do in your free time? Somebody sent this in. It's kind of, kind of basic. Okay. But it's a good question. Just, just What do you like to do in your free time? When you're, when you are not at work, Mm -hmm. when you're not working on stuff at home, what do you like to do? I mean, what does anyone like to do? I like to hang out with my family. Okay. I like to watch too much TV at once. Um, I'm the big reader, so I love to read. I'm, I'm a fiction girl, so I read a lot of that. You're, you're, uh, Amory also gave me a lot of grief about oh no not like going to bookstores enough okay yes <laughs> so tell people do i have tell a, people why we should go to bookstores all more. right okay here here's my hop thing. up on that soapbox i have and a start thing preaching. about books which is okay it's not it's not my fault i teach the bible for a living right and so like i understand the power of story and how it like builds compassion and how like it's so impactful for I think our souls, right, helps us see one another more clearly and see God. But that's a whole thing. Um, but I love independent bookstores because I think that they are just like a binding place for a community, like where you can have access to literature and like different kinds of life. And it's amazing. It's a small <laughs> business, you guys. I do have a map of all the independent bookstores in Texas. So do you really? Yes, I do. So I shouldn't buy my books off Amazon then? I mean... It is never my place to tell someone what to do, <laughs> first of all. But do I think that perhaps we could help our neighbors more if we invested in small businesses? Absolutely. <laughs> but that is personal preference. Okay, so you like to read what do you what do you read? Everything. Other than your Bible. Okay. Also I read a lot of, you know, books for work, a lot of Christian yeah. books. Yeah, me too. Um and I, I but I also read read a lot of just fun. Do you read fiction? fiction? Mm-hmm. I have not figured out how to make that a part of my life. I have excellent recommendations if do you, you want them. Okay, I, I do actually because, and, and honestly, give them to everybody because I don't know if anybody relates to this, but for me, I only read nonfiction basically. And most of them are a biography of, you know, some Christian person from history or, yeah, yeah. or something like, and, which obviously piques my interest. This is what I, like you said, this is what we do for a living, but uh, I've never figured out how to foray into the fiction world where I've like stuck. Like I've started a couple of books and then right. just bounced. Yeah, I would just say that's a product of you not knowing what you want, okay. right? Uh, and so I think there's there's stuff for all kinds of people and like, you know, the stuff that my dad reads is not the same stuff that I like to read. Um, but there's there's all different kinds of books, Sam. So what, what's a couple know? of good fiction books that you've read in the last, I don't know, a couple of years? Uh... I mean, the one that I'll always recommend is um, Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. Very good. It's also a book about an epidemic. So if that is not what you are into right now, (laughs) you're a little understandable. (laughs) You're a little burnt out on that, right? (laughs) Uh, If you like short stories, um, right now I'm reading The Overstory by Richard Powers, and it's like looking at history through the lens of trees. And so it's like trees have been around a lot longer than we have, and like they'll be around a lot longer than we will be. It's a really cool way to, like, interact with the world. Um, and there's just, like, you know, fun books. I, I read a lot of, like, fantasy and sci-fi. And okay. Just, you know, stuff that's just fun. Okay. So 
buy my books off Amazon. Exactly. And, <laughs> and actually just never read again. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amory, thank you for being here. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Thanks for having me. This is this is the first pod you've done at White's Chapel. So I kind of- First one And ever. I definitely sprung this on you. Yes. So thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for listening uh, to the podcast. Again, just one more plug. Please feel free to send in questions. Uh, we would love to answer them if you've got a situation that you would love to hear us talk about. And it can be serious or it can be ridiculous and silly. As you heard us talk about for, uh, you know, 10 minutes, uh, the difference between boneless wings yeah, and chicken nuggets. Yeah, that was definitely the longest part of this uh, podcast. But we would love to hear from y'all. Please send in your questions. And we will see you next time on... Next question. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Next Question. If you'd like to submit questions, you can send an email with subject line next question to questions at whiteschapelumc.com.